Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of the patriarch and the prince of glory. Jesus was crowned with honor and glory, chapter 2, verse 9. Moses only saw the glory of God. Jesus is the offshining of the Father, while the face of Moses only reflected the glory of the Father. Jesus fulfilled the law while Moses only gave them the law. Moses did not make Israel the people of God. He was only entrusted to lead them, but Jesus makes us children of God. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's easy to sing that Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but what do the Scriptures say about the implications of that claim? Today, as he continues his in-depth look at the book of Hebrews, Pastor Xavier not only draws out the true position of Christ, but he also shares why it's important to surrender to the Lord. Let's join him for today's Simple Truths. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And the message entitled, Jesus is Superior to Moses. Um, if the title wasn't so long, I would have named it, uh, Jesus Wins Hands Down Over Moses. Too long. <laughs> Jesus has been declared to be superior to the prophets, as you know, the angels. Superior to the first Adam. He redeemed everything the first Adam threw away. He's been crowned with glory and honor above anyone else. And therefore, the author of the Hebrews, having established that Jesus is God, as well as man, because that's important, he proceeds to show that Jesus is superior to Moses. Moses is the golden calf in the book of Hebrews. He's the biggie. And now he deals with him. Because in reality, Jesus fulfilled everything Moses said about him. He was the fulfillment of the law. Remember, Moses was revered by every Jew. In fact, though they knew that God had given the law, they always referred to the law of Moses. In the book of Acts, 15.5 is one and many others. The law of Moses. Moses was so associated with the law and the teaching of it that this was their perspective. There was none other. Now, the entire exposition, as you look at chapter 3 here and even chapter 4, this exposition of Moses exposes the personal unbelief of these Hebrew Christians at this point regarding Jesus. Now, the author confronts the sin of unbelief regarding two things, and our text is going to deal in verse 1, the apostleship and the high priesthood of Jesus, to their refusal to rest before God for their salvation. By demonstrating the superiority of Jesus to Moses. Because they didn't fully believe the apostleship and high priesthood of Jesus. They couldn't rest in their salvation and enjoy it. This is their problem. And so he's going to deal with that. In fact, the superiority is obvious. An earthly mediating high priest to a heavenly high priest. The earthly physical rest to the spiritual rest that's from heaven. So what we want to do is examine the superiority of Jesus to Moses, which is evident by three truths here in verse 1 through 6. Let me read the verses. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful in him, who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who builds a house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who builds all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant, 
for a testimony of those things which would be spoken of afterwards. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Now, here's the three truths regarding the superiority of Jesus to Moses. First of all, verse 1 and 2, Jesus is superior to Moses by virtue of his post. Jesus is compared to Moses here. Then secondly, verse 3 and 4, Jesus is superior to Moses by virtue of his person. Jesus is contrasted to Moses here. And then in verses 5 and 6, Jesus is superior to Moses by virtue of his position. Jesus is contradistinguished from Moses here. And he goes methodically and rationally and progressively and just wipes Moses out with Jesus. <laughs> Let's begin with the first. Jesus appeared to Moses by virtue of his post. Jesus here is compared to Moses. Notice first in verse 1. The call to these Hebrew Christians is to examine their past confession of Jesus. The word therefore, as you know, looks back. The immediate context is exactly immediate what precedes it right away, which is in chapter 2, verse 5 to 18, in view of the humiliation and exaltation of Jesus through his human incarnation as the last Adam, who is the captain of our salvation, merciful, faithful high priest, pertaining to the things of God. In view of this, that's the conclusion. But all that is built upon the foundation that Jesus is better than the prophets, Jesus is better than the angels, prophets, chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, Better than the angels, chapter 1, verse 4, down to 14. And then he gives the warning, verse 1 to 4, and then he gets back with angels in through Adam, the last Adam, in chapter 2, verse 5, on down to uh, the end of chapter 2. So as you continue in Hebrews, don't lose sight of this. He starts a logical argument, ends up with a conclusion. That conclusion becomes a foundation for the next building. That becomes a conclusion, and it's on and on and on. And the whole argument is built upon rock, Jesus Christ. Now, they are identified by three terms. Notice, they're called holy brethren. Hagios Adolphus. Identifying their relationship to God. Their position sanctified, set apart for God. We've already seen in chapter 2, verse 11, Jesus sanctifies them. By the way, in Hebrews, as well as the New Testament, it's a, it's a state, it's a fact, and it's a process. Okay? Their person related to God's family, not only as Jews, but also now in Christ. Jew and Gentile, one. Literally, Adelphus, born from the same womb. He's already used it in chapter 2, verse 11, 12, 13, and 17. Only one other time is this phrase, holy brethren, used. In 1 Thessalonians 5.27. Only two times in the New Testament. But notice also that they were partakers, indicating their privilege. Partners and sharers. The word appears six times in the New Testament. And every time it appears in Hebrews, it deals with the actual partaking of whatever the context is talking about. It's not hypothetical. I say this because people who believe that all of these are hypothetical warnings, when they come to chapter 6, verse 4, where it says they partook of the heavenly gift and of the Holy Spirit, they say these people weren't born again. They just had heard. No, 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 wait. It's got to be the same all the way through all of them or not. You can't have one be this and the other one that way. You got to be consistent. They were shares of what? The heavenly calling. In contrast to what? The earthly reign of Israel. Here's the contrast, because these are Hebrew Jews who have accepted Christ. The word calling, in fact, uh, appears 11 times 
in the word uh, in the New Testament and refers not to an invitation to go to heaven, but the fact of the state and the manner of their being. They had accepted Christ, they had confessed him, and they had walked. We already saw in chapter 12, 11, other things. Chapter 10, they had suffered uh, a lot of their material goods. They had suffered different things. And they had helped the, uh, the author or the writer, which I believe was Paul, who was in prison. All these things. Now, they are asked to consider the apostle and high priest of their confession. Christ Jesus. Notice that. The exhortation is introduced by the word consider, which means to fix one's attention with eyes and mind to gaze so as to learn and comprehend. Consider intently so you learn. Look to the apostle. Look to the high priesthood of Jesus. Now the contemplation, notice, is regarding the commission of Jesus Christ. The word apostle means one sent forth, an ambassador, if you will. And it speaks of the full authority and power that he comes from heaven. He comes from heaven with the full authority. Now Jesus came with the authority from heaven he was sent by God to man to speak and act for God the Father. Notice the contemplation is regarding also the position granted to Jesus. The high priest represented man to God and God to the people in the Old Testament. And he would represent the people to God, expiate, make the blood sacrifice, and then he would come out and represent God to the people as he would bless them and direct them. Twofold office. Jesus by himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. We've been told already in chapter 1, verse 3. Jesus states a death for every man, and we've already been told in chapter 2, verse 9. The high priest was to go between man and God, a mediator. That's the word. Now, notice this was the understanding of their past confession. He's asking them to reconsider. They had confessed their faith, saying the same thing about Jesus that the Father had said. He's the one apostle, and he's the one high priest. They had confessed that. And when you're acting in faith, you're acting in the revelation of God. He says, my son is the apostle, my son is the high priest. If you act in that, you're acting in biblical faith. If you act apart from that, your faith is not biblical. Then your faith cannot save you. So they were to consider what they had said in the past about their perception and conviction as to the person and ability of Jesus Christ to provide salvation for them. That's what he's saying. Now, Christ is identified as the anointed Messiah, Christos, the Hebrew Messiah. And then on the earthly part, Jesus, his humanity, his incarnation. You must have the two. Jesus took the hand of God, being God. He took the hand of man, being man, through the incarnation, and he died, and his blood joined us together and reconciled us. You understand? That's the bridge. Notice secondly in verse 2. These Hebrew Christians are told the compared faithfulness of Jesus to Moses. Jesus was being faithful to God, the Father who appointed him as apostle and high priest. Okay? The word faithful, as you know, means trustworthy, reliable. And it's in the present tense, established fact. It denotes character, by the way. Jesus emptied himself, as you know, in Philippians 2, 5 through uh, 10 on down, of his glory, not his deity. Through the incarnation, humiliation. He was crucified for our sins of the world. He did not shirk back from the cup at Gethsemane, but he embraced it. And then when he died, he, he was exalted and sat at the right hand of the majesty on high. 
In fact, Jesus told the Father in John 17, 4, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. And on the cross, he gave up the Spirit. He says, Father, to you I commend my Spirit. It is finished. Done. Done what? The work of salvation. Now, very important here, the context. The context of the quote here declares the distinction between Moses and other prophets as to how God reveals himself to them. Moses being the ultimate prophet of the Old Testament. He's quoting Numbers 12, 7. You know the context. This is when Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because he married an Ethiopian woman. And they thought that he was taking too much on himself. Well, God can only speak through him. And the Hebrew text says Miriam was the initiator. That's why God struck her with leprosy. And God says, listen, you both come out here. You see Moses? I talk to him face to face, mouth to mouth, nose to nose, I die. Every other prophet, I speak through dark similitudes, dreams, visions. Not my servant Moses. He's different from everybody else. Okay? So Moses being faithful, what did he do as God struck Miriam with leprosy? Aaron says, oh Moses, please pray that she not be as one dead. And Moses intercedes for Miriam. And God says, if someone were to spit in her face, wouldn't you put her outside the camp for seven days? You put her outside the camp seven days, then she'll come in afterwards, and God healed her. The parallel here is unmistakable and very vital for the context. The context here is the priesthood of Jesus. What does he do? He intercedes for the forgiveness of sins. The context of numbers is exactly that. Moses interceded for Aaron also. God wanted to kill Aaron because remember he made a calf? And Moses came down and said, Aaron, what happened? He said, I don't know. These dudes gave me this earring. I just threw it in the fire. Calf came out. Liar. He said it took a tool and he shaped it. God wanted to kill Aaron. Moses interceded. Moses interceded for the people. God wanted to kill all the people too. The context here, people, this quote is intercession is a high priest. It's not just that he's a greater than the prophet. He's the intercessor. Now, some men and women have considered Jesus and have confessed him that he's merely one of many prophets. That's not good enough. And perhaps as time goes on, some will change their mind by the conviction of the Spirit of God and they will be born again. Thank God for that. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, by, you're saved by grace through faith, that not of yourself, it's a gift of God. But then there are others that time will pass and their heart will only become harder and harder and they will not come to Christ. It's an individual choice. And Jesus said in John 3, 36, he who has a son has life. He who has not the son has not life, and the wrath of God abides in him. Now that offends many good, moral pagans. It offends some of us. But it's got to be the conviction of the Spirit of God that you're a sinner, and that sin separates you from God. And you have to make a choice about your eternity. And that choice is made before you die, not after you die. Now, others have considered Jesus and confessed that he is a good moral teacher, and that's how they accept him. But if Jesus is, is not who he said he was on the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6, then he can't be good and he can't be moral. He's got to be a liar. Can't have it both ways. Being moral and good does not save you or guarantee you heaven. There will be multitudes of people who are good moral people, ethical people that will be in hell. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Later on, verse 10, There's not one good, no, not one, not even you, he says. 
the only thing that God the Father accepts and the only thing that he honors is the, conf- the confession that Jesus is God's apostle and God's high priest. And by the way, the word apostle is only used one time regarding Jesus. It's right here. No other time. That's the only thing he, he will accept if you agree with him. Jesus came and was sent by the Father from heaven to earth through the incarnation to suffer and to die for the sins of the world. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He accepts nothing else. In fact, Jesus was completely obedient to the will of the Father, as you know, thereby faithful unto perfection above any man in the service of God. He said in John 8, 29, I do all those things that please the Father. Now, we know this isn't brought up, but Moses failed. In fact, Moses didn't go into the promised land because he misrepresented God. The people were murmuring, as you know, the second time for water, and God said, well, I'll go give him water. So Moses goes, oh, what must I do, you rebellious people? Strike this rock to give you rock. Get a line, and boom, boom, boom. He does that. God gives him water. Then God says, come here, Mo. What did I tell you to do? Well, you told me, well, why'd you yell at him? Now they think I'm mad. I'm not mad. You're mad. Tell you what, you're not going to the promised land. You can get up in Pisgah, look at it, but that's it. Don't bother me again. By the way, he did make it in the land. You have him in the Mount of Transfiguration. <laughs> but even Moses failed. In fact, in Deuteronomy, he reminds the people, and God was angry because of you. He was ticked off. All men have feet of clay. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Jesus is the only merciful high priest, faithful, pertaining to the things of God, making propitiation for us, as Hebrews 2.17 says. No one else. And so Jesus is superior to Moses by virtue of his post as Jesus is compared to Moses here. For Moses was the mediator for Israel to God. But Jesus is the mediator for all of mankind. You understand? Now notice secondly, verse 3 and 4. Jesus appeared to Moses by virtue of his person. Jesus is now contrasted. Not compared, but he's contrasted to Moses. Look at verse 3. These Hebrew Christians are told of the distinction of Jesus from Moses. The phrase, for this one, is in reference to Jesus who has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses due to the fact that Jesus is apostle and high priest appointed to God makes him equal with God and unique in that he's a God-man. He's told us that the first verse, the end of chapter 2 also. Jesus was crowned with honor and glory, chapter 2, verse 9. Moses only saw the glory of God. Jesus is the offshining of the Father. Well, the face of Moses only reflected the glory of the Father, glory that was fading away. Jesus fulfilled the law while Moses only gave them the law. In fact, Moses was rejected by Pharaoh. The scriptures tell us, I will send thee to Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt, Exodus 3.10. Pharaoh rejected Moses. But Jesus was rejected by the Jews, a greater than Moses. He that receives you receives me, and he that receives me receives him who sent me, Matthew 10.40. He came to his own, his own received them not, John says. His own, the Jews. Now notice the reason that He who builds the house has more honor than the house. In verse 3 there. What it's doing here is teaching once again from the lesser to the greater. Here it is again. 
the teachings from the lesser to the greater. Jesus is greater than Moses because he who built the house is greater than the house. The house again represents who? Moses, the house of Israel. Jesus is greater than Moses by virtue of the fact that Moses was one of the many in the house of Israel. While Jesus built the house of Israel, I stand before you as one among you, not above you. Jesus is the one who builds his church. You understand? Moses did not make Israel the people of God. He was only entrusted to lead them. But Jesus makes us children of God, and he's told us that already in Hebrews 2.10. Brings many into glory. Moses could not look upon God and live. Jesus had been with the Father since eternity past. In fact, John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with, facing God. That's what it means, face to face. Jesus is God and is the exact representation of the Father who created all things. Can't get away from it. Now notice secondly in verse 4. These Hebrew Christians are given an illustration of the superiority of Jesus to Moses. Every house has a human person as the builder, he says here. In this case, Moses, again, had been chosen by God the Father to do the work for God in the house of Israel. The Jews honored Moses, you know that, so much that they always refer to the law of Moses. Always. His name appears 711 times in the Old Testament. 596 of those times is found in the first four books of the Bible. Exodus, Leviticus, Number, and Deuteronomy. 596. Only 115 other appearances in the rest of the Old Testament. Moses was a very important person. In Romans, Abraham is the golden calf. In Hebrews, it's Moses. In fact, you remember the Jews rebuked the man that was born blind in John 9, 28? Because they kept out, who healed you? Well, Jesus isn't that. He said, we are Moses' disciples. That was a rebuke. <laughs> the Jews became so afraid of breaking the law after the Babylonian captivity that what they did is they began to build a fence around the law through their interpretation and traditions. And they got to the place where they honored their interpretations and traditions more than the law because they figure if the law is holy, but this fence has protected us from breaking the law again, truly the fence is holier. And so Jesus nailed them on this in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, you have heard that it's been said, but I say unto you, Jesus said, I, quote nobody, I am the ultimate authority above even Moses. Pretty heavy. The contrast is the result of a progressive understanding. The one who builds all things is who? God. Jesus is faithful like Moses in that he fulfilled his commission from the Father. Jesus is kind of worthy of more glory because he built the house of Israel. And Jesus is greater than Moses because he, being God, builds all things and was the agent of creation, the nation of Israel, and everything else that exists. He's wiping these guys out. They have to make a decision. Every person has to make a decision about Jesus. 
Pastor Xavier Reese and the hope in store for those who put their trust in Jesus. Now you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And next time we'll hear the balance of this insightful study by Pastor Xavier. But if you won't be able to join him, then why not pick up your own copy on CD? The title to ask for is Jesus is Superior to Moses, and it's available for only $4. And make sure you encourage someone with this study when you're through listening. Once again, the title to ask for is Jesus is Superior to Moses, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for helping us out by mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This is one way we can track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. What do the saints of old have to do with the Messiah? And that's coming up when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Don't miss it. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com